listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by dermatologist Dylan Alston. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We're talking today about something that I know a lot of women are concerned with when it comes to pregnancy, and that is the skin changes that we go through. We already go through enough just season by season with our skin, whether we're a man, a woman, a child. We all see skin changes at some point, but... Mm -hmm. The skin changes that women can see during pregnancy can be pretty significant and pretty surprising. A and sometimes life-lasting. So yes, uh, a woman, uh, amongst other changes that happen during pregnancy, they are prone to some fairly specific and predictable skin changes that can occur. Uh, and there are quite a few of them that we'll cover today. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about why. Why do we see some of these skin changes during pregnancy? So the, there are a few main reasons. Uh, the predominant reason that we get skin changes during pregnancy is primarily related to the change in the balance and the predominant hormones during pregnancy. So initially in early pregnancy, progesterone is predominant, and that is a hormone that's preparing the, the, the mother for pregnancy. Later in pregnancy, estrogen becomes predominant. And in fact, a woman can produce more estrogen during one pregnancy then she will the rest of her life not pregnant. So the amount of estrogen that is in a pregnant woman is very, very significant. Wow. And those are the hormones that cause the skin changes. Yeah. Now, let's start with the good. Not all skin changes that we see during pregnancy are bad. Some of them are good. We have that motherly glow, right? Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not going to say it's not because of the excitement of having a child, but there are some physiologic reasons why a woman has that healthy glow. The first is, is that there's a significant increase in the amount of blood that is produced in a woman's body when they're pregnant, up to 50% more blood. And when blood is, is more predominant, we get that nice um, youthful, healthy glow in our cheeks. We look uh, slightly pink or blushed, uh, and it helps us look um, uh, more more uh, beautiful, I will say. Sure, yes. yeah. More fresh. More fresh, yes. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is that the activity of the oil glands tends to increase slightly, and that produces a little bit of a shimmer and a little bit of a shine to mm -hmm. the skin, uh, and that can produce that, uh, that pregnant glow as well. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Um, and there are some normal changes that we'll see during pregnancy. Not all are necessarily good or bad. Some are just normal across the board. We're going to see it. Correct. And the most common one is relates to discoloration or hyperpigmentation of the skin. Mm -hmm. And there are a few situations where that will occur. First, most pregnant women will start to notice a dark line called the linea alba develop anywhere from their breastbone down to their pubic bone. And that is a dark line that goes right across the belly button, and that's an indication of pregnancy-related hormone changes. Another one that I see very commonly in clinic is called melasma, mm -hmm. also known as the mask the pregnancy of pregnancy. Mask. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of those changes that's not always desirable lifelong because it can give a very irregular and very dark pigmentation to the skin. And this happens regardless of our natural skin tone. 
So patients with darker skin tone get melasma, patients with lighter skin tone get melasma. And it almost always happens on the face, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, One of the challenges is that even after pregnancy, melasma is a gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. Women are struggling to improve the tone of their skin, minimize their melasma, and that is a very common reason for someone to visit a dermatologist. I bet I have between 10 to 15 visits for melasma a week yeah. because of this. Yeah, and there are some treatments for it, right? I mean, there are a number of different um, topical products. There are lasers. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Correct. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some mm-hmm. of the basics. The basics with melasma is that melasma is very sensitive to both heat and light. So ambient temperature can make your melasma worse and sometimes laser heat can make melasma worse. So be careful when having a laser performed for melasma in untrained hands. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes make it worse. That goes with anything, right? A- in absolutely. untrained hands. In untrained hands. Things can become worse. Yes. The most important thing for women with melasma is to choose the appropriate sunblock. Mm-hmm. The sunblock that we want is zinc oxide. And that protects us from ultraviolet light, the light that's produced from the sun. Interestingly, though, melasma is also worsened by visible light, the light that are, that is in this studio, the light that is on your cell phone, your television, your computer screen, or the light that is in your house. And so looking for an extra ingredient called ferric or iron oxide in your sunblock helps protect your melasma from worsening because of visible light. And sometimes we'll take off our makeup, wash our face, and we'll sit down and watch a TV show. We'll watch the news. We'll, we'll, we'll peruse social media. And we unknowingly are worsening our melasma mm-hmm. because of that visible light. Because we don't live like vampires. Nor should we. Right. Yes. But there are things that we can do to protect ourselves from that if melasma or if the pregnancy mask yep. becomes an issue. Yep, exactly. Um, it, there are other things get, that can change with like hyperpigmentation moles can start to change and that can become really concerning. Absolutely. I think being pregnant is a very, can be a very scary time for women for a number of reasons. You're growing a human. You are growing a human and there's no bigger responsibility in life. And your body is completely changing. Absolutely. And so we talk a lot about looking for moles that are Mm -hmm. changing, moles that are darkening. And in almost every pregnant woman, they're going to notice those things. So it's very difficult for them to know, is this the normal changing of my moles from pregnancy or is this something concerning? Right. How do you decipher? Just by going to see you, going to see a dermatologist? Yes. um, Not every pregnant woman wants to come to the dermatologist. Oh, they don't? Um, They don't want to (laughs) just strip down in all their glory at the dermatologist? Not often. (laughs) Um, But I will say that a couple common things... Um, will occur. Number one, it's normal for their moles to become darker. Mm -hmm. And those women that do come see us will say, you know, I had a baby six months ago. I noticed that this mole was getting darker. I just want you to have a look at it. And oftentimes just plain darkening of the mole is okay. We will recommend you seeing a dermatologist when the overall shape of a mole becomes Mm -hmm. changing. Uh, Something that used to be round and symmetric has become jagged, irregular, or asymmetric. That's more of a concerning sign than just a darker mole. Mm -hmm. Or what if 
What if the texture of it changes or if it gets raised? Can that happen as well? It, it can, and it's very difficult for patients to decipher on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it just takes a quick look from the dermatologist to give you some peace of mind and reassurance. But yes, if you're worried, there's no price you can put on reassurance. Right. No, I completely agree. Um, changes to hair to fingernails. Um, a lot of women leading up to pregnancy will start to take you know, their prenatals and they'll see a change in their hair mm-hmm. or their fingernails. Um, they'll become stronger. They'll grow faster. L- less brittle. Less brittle. Um, does that continue through pregnancy? Because I know things change a lot then after yes, pregnancy. Yes, exactly. Um, so prenatal vitamins during pregnancy are highly recommended, and they're not so much recommended for mom as for they baby. are for baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and those those um, prenatal vitamins have a lot of good ingredients. One of the ingredients I want to mention very quickly is biotin, because biotin is getting a lot of press right now in the medical community. Biotin is used um, for hair, skin, and nail health and has been for a long time. Unfortunately, there have been a warning issued by the FDA to avoid taking high doses of biotin for hair, skin, and nails. Mm. And that is because biotin has been shown to interfere with the tests that diagnose thyroid disease as well as heart attacks. And so there has been at least one or two confirmed deaths from an individual taking high doses of biotin and doctors missing mm-hmm. the heart attack. Mm-hmm. So it's generally advised that we don't take high doses of biotin ex- in excess of two to 5,000% of the daily recommended value. Now, other prenatal vitamin, most prenatal vitamins don't have that much. Sure. And continuing to take it through pregnancy is safe. One of the most significant changes to our skin, hair, and nails happens after pregnancy. And that is a hair condition called telogen effluvium. Telogen effluvium is a stress-related hair loss. And the stress is from childbirth. Yeah. And the hair will be shocked into a state of shedding or falling out. And so women will notice about three months after their baby, there are clumps of hair in the brush, clumps of hair in the shower drain. Mm -hmm. And when they comb their hair, it's just coming out by the handfuls. Don't worry. And that freaks you out even more. (laughs) It freaks you out. But rest assured, there are not that many bald people walking around that have had babies. (laughs) That's always good to think about. Yeah, it happened to me. Um, And I didn't really even see... The clumps of hair, I didn't necessarily think my hair was falling out, but I would pull my hair back into a ponytail. And it's thinner. And all of a sudden, I have a receding hairline. And as many of us women do, we fill in our eyebrows normally. Yeah. I legitimately contemplated filling in the side of my head because it looked like I had no hair, except, you know, minimal little whispers of it, little baby pieces. And women are stressed out enough with a newborn. Well, yeah, but and you don't even, sometimes you don't even recognize it. You don't even feel stressed. I never necessarily felt stressed or overwhelmed per se, but the changes happening in your life, in your household. The stress is sensed by your body, not always your mind. Yeah. And so it's important to reassure women who are experiencing what you experienced that this will get better. Yes, it did. 
my hair has grown back. <laughs> I can vouch I, for that. I still have hair. Um, but, you know, and I even forgot that that was even a thing that could happen. And I remember calling a girlfriend of mine and saying, what the heck? I look bald on the side of my heads. And she said, my heads, of my head, I won. And she said, well, don't you remember that happened to me? Remember? And then afterwards, and I had all of those funny flyaways that were growing back. And, and then I did. And she had the same thing. And it just took that other reassurance of, no, remember, this is a thing that happens. This is a thing that happens. Yeah. And it's, it probably happens in upwards of 80% of women who have a baby to some degree or another. Yeah. Um, when you should see a dermatologist is when within the first year, after having your child, your hair hasn't recovered. Mm -hmm. It hasn't begun to demonstrate new growth. That is an indication that you could be in experiencing a chronic form of telogen effluvium. And it's important for your dermatologist to look at certain vitamins like vitamin D, iron, B12, check your thyroid yeah. to make sure everything's in check so that your body has the nutrients it needs to get out of this rut. Yeah. And like we said, rest assured, you know, what would you say statistic wise? I mean, the hair grows back. Statistically speaking, what do you see on the other end where maybe maybe a woman does need to see her dermatologist and, and kind of get some things reevaluated? I would say it's probably estimated somewhere around three out of 100 will have a chronic form that mm -hmm. requires intervention. So it's low. It's very low. Your hair will grow back, we promise. Yes, I promise. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, another change we see, uh, acne. Women who have never had it before all of a sudden are breaking out and trying to figure out why. Right. Pregnancy, I'll say it again, is a blissfully unpredictable state. Sure is. Uh, <laughs> many women who have the most beautiful skin when they're not pregnant can deal with breakouts and acne and increased oil in their hair, and it's frustrating. Um, well, because a lot of them don't know even what to do with it. They've never had it before. They've never dealt with correct these types of uh, situations. And oftentimes it's the shifting of the hormones mm -hmm. that are contributing to the acne. And in that situation, most women are noticing acne on the lower third of their face, mm. along their chin, their jawline, their cheek, and it even encroaches on the neck. So if an individual is experiencing that type of acne, it's normal and it's difficult to treat mm -hmm. because we're treating two patients and the littlest patient is the most important. Right. And that's what I was going to ask because I know that there are a lot of acne treatments that uh, you specifically cannot take if you are pregnant or even thinking about getting pregnant. Correct. So one of the most popular acne treatments is a pill called isotretinoin, most commonly known as Accutane. Mm -hmm. And this is something that any woman who is planning on becoming pregnant or trying to get pregnant needs to avoid at all costs because this medication can cause significant birth defects mm -hmm. and even infant morbidity and mortality. So avoid Accutane at all costs. And dermatologists wouldn't even, that wouldn't even be something that would come Co into correct. question for a treatment. Pregnancy tests have to be taken and things like that for someone even yes. to get on Accutane, right? But unfortunately, 
patients are shopping the internet mm. and are purchasing medications that they should not purchase from other countries that don't have the restrictions and regulations that the United States has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be careful. Yeah. Now, number two is Accutane in a cream form. And this is popularly known as Retin-A, mm-hmm. which is a very popular acne cream. And it's also helpful for anti-aging purposes. Right. And it's in everybody's, it's in many people's houses. You can purchase similar forms over the counter. Kind of depending on the percentage of it. Correct. And this is another medication that's generally advised that we ignore and avoid because we do absorb things from our skin and it can enter our bloodstream. So mm-hmm. for all of you that are using Retin-A or trying to fight off the aging process gracefully, put your Retin-A away for six m- or nine months, pardon me, um, and then pick it back up when you're done. So those things are, are okay to start back up after baby, even yes. if breastfeeding yes. or, okay, yep. breastfeeding that's is good fine. to know. And what about some of the over-the-counter Retin-As? I know from a dermatologist, sometimes mm-hmm. you can get a stronger form. Mm-hmm. But the over-the-counters, are those still something that they're pregnant mo- women should avoid? They're more safe, mm-hmm. and it is best to consult with your OBGYN okay. um, for specifics on what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a popular one known as Differin, which mm-hmm. was a prescription in 2016. It does have prescription strength capabilities. It is one that I personally avoid and recommend my pregnant women avoid. Um, other ones made by some of our more popular brands like Neutrogena uh, and Aveeno and even some of the cosmeceuticals you may buy from your dermatologist mm-hmm. or your spa, those are estimated to be approximately 10 times weaker than the prescription version, and therefore they're most likely okay. Okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, stretch marks. There are so many wives' tales and homemade remedies that we all think that we can utilize to try to avoid them. So let's just right off the bat, let's mythbuster it. Is there anything that we can do to avoid stretch marks? Yes. All right. There is. So what's that? Not getting pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> Get pregnant, have your babies. Um, stretch marks, it's important to remember that stretch marks are true scars mm-hmm. and they don't form overnight. Stretch marks are more common in a few situations. They're more common in late pregnancy where the baby is growing and there may be some more stretching. They're more common in multiple gestation Mm. pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So those of you who are having twins or bless your hearts triplets, Mm. um, that is a more common situation. Stretch marks are more common in women who get pregnant who are already slightly overweight Mm. because the body doesn't stretch quite as easily. Okay. Um, things that we can do is maintain a healthy weight during pregnancy that is um, dictated by your OBGYN. They will give you a range of what amount of weight should be expected. Yeah. And number two, it's hydration, hydration, hydration. Really? Yes. The skin has an ingredient in it called elastin. And as it sounds, it's elastic. Mm-hmm. And as the body senses stretch the body will increase the amount of elastin. So the goal is to stretch slowly and predictably. Now, that's sometimes beyond our control. (laughs) So the things that we can control are the products that we put on our skin, specifically our belly skin, Mm -hmm. to try and soften and moisturize and allow the skin to stretch stretch slowly. My wife's personal favorite... Mm, I love a good personal favorite. ...is Palmer's Cocoa Butter. Okay, 
And I think we went through numerous jars of that during uh, <laughs> our three pregnancies. Uh, also, bio oil, which is a scar cream, mm. is very mm-hmm. helpful. And there is a Mederma for stretch marks. So you don't want to start using it when you see the stretch marks. You want Preemptive. to start early. Yeah. If we get to the point where maybe we haven't taken those preemptive measures and all of a sudden some stretch marks are popping up or, God bless pregnancy, they're in a place that we can't even see them (laughs) (laughs) and then we notice them after the fact, is there anything at that point we can do to um, either try to get rid of them, try to lessen the scarring? Yes, there is some evidence that we can improve stretch marks and I didn't say get Get rid rid of of them. Uh, Stretch marks, again, are scars, Mm -hmm. and scars are sometimes permanent. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, tincture of time. Time improves all things. Number two, if your stretch marks are reddish and purple, there are some vascular lasers that can take the red and purple out of your stretch marks and allow your stretch marks to be more skin tone. Mm. Number three, there are devices known as resurfacing lasers and microneedling. These are equivalent to somebody aerating your lawn, mm-hmm. the landscaper mm-hmm. that aerates your lawn. The dermatologist can, in, a, in, an o- in effect, aerate the skin, create small channels in the scar, which will stimulate new collagen and new skin, and that can make some pretty significant improvements. Yeah, which is fascinating science behind it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it. I've had it. It's pretty remarkable. It's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not scary. People think, oh, these are tiny little needles going into my face over and over, like being aerated. Right. But it's really not scary. It's not scary. You're you're awake for the procedure. Oftentimes in my clinic, we have some music of the patient's choice Mm -hmm. playing to help Mm -hmm. relax them. There's topical numbing creams that are given. Topical numbing, yeah. And so most of the time, it's the anxiousness that's the biggest uh, concern, not the pain. Sure. And uh, the results are. Pretty amazing. The results are amazing, but the results don't happen overnight. Right. The body is stimulated to regenerate the scar, and so the results are sometimes best seen weeks or months later. Yeah, and and that can be used, correct me if I'm wrong, but that could be used too on women who maybe had acne during their pregnancy and then in turn that resulted in some acne scarring. Correct. Yes, same, same idea. Yeah, so that's good to know as well. So at what point then, um, because there's a lot of things that we we talk about when it comes to our skin and concerns with our skin during pregnancy, a lot of which are completely normal, although they may be very different to what we're used to. When at one point do we really need to consider, okay, something's going on, maybe I have some sort of condition I'm not used to, but is it normal or not? When should I see my dermatologist? So it's important to see your dermatologist if you develop a rash Uh, anywhere on the body that your OBGYN or even your primary care physician don't know what it is Uh, because there are certain rashes that can not only affect your health, but interestingly enough, they can affect the health of your baby. Mm. So while we're talking about stretch marks, Mm -hmm. there's a a fairly common rash. It's a long one. It's called pruritic urticarial papules and plaques of pregnancy. English, please. Pup. (laughs) Okay. P-U-P-P-P. It's called pup. And for those of you listening who have had it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Pup is a rash that typically develops in the stretch marks of a woman's stomach. Mm. So it's most commonly, as we've learned, going to show up in about the third trimester. And this is incredibly 
itchy mm. to the point where mom is now not sleeping. Mom can't focus on other things because itch is dominating her life. Oh, so no. that's important to see a dermatologist for to help get some topical therapies that can alleviate the itch. Mm-hmm. Another rash that can have significant consequences on both mom's long-term health as well as baby's health is a rash called pemphigus gestationis, and that is a blistering rash that typically starts around the belly button. Mm. So if you develop any little poison ivy-like blisters around the belly button, it's important that we know because this is an autoimmune skin disease, and those antibodies that mom is developing can actually attack your baby. Oh no. And so it's important that it's promptly recognized and promptly treated so that we can ensure the health and safety of your child. Mm-hmm. The last rash is a common rash that happens in many individuals, but when it happens in the first trimester of pregnancy, it can cause infant mortality. That means our baby can can die. And that is a rash called pityriasis rosea. This is a rash that typically manifests as a large circular or oval patch somewhere on the chest or back. And most people don't even know it's there. But three to seven days later, we start to get multiple similar appearing smaller lesions that develop all over our chest and trunk. It's oftentimes not symptomatic like Mm -hmm. pup, Mm -hmm. but it's important that we recognize it because that virus can actually harm the baby. Mm. And those, those to me sound like things that, I mean, for the most part, common sense would tell you this is not normal. Although again, we are saying some of these things we might see during pregnancy for us as a woman might not be normal, but these things just really are an abnormal scenario happening. Yes. Pityriasis rosy, like I said, is not symptomatic. So sometimes people will delay Mm -hmm. seeking medical attention. Because they think nothing's wrong. They're like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. They're just a couple spots. No big deal. So um, it's important. Google it. Look at pictures of it. If you ever experience it, get a hold of your... Don't Google it. Don't look at pictures of it. That's terrifying. (laughs) It is terrifying, but at least it gives you a baseline uh, of which you can compare. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. What other maybe tips or tricks or suggestions do you have for women um, seeing changes to their skin as they go through pregnancy, just that everything will be okay? (laughs) Everything will be okay. You're not the first woman to have a baby and you won't be the last. And your hair will grow back. Your hair will grow back. (laughs) Um, And the message maybe mostly is to the husbands is be patient with your wives Mm -hmm. and love them. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that message. That's a good one. Dr. Alston, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Dermatologist with Intermountain Healthcare talking about the skin changes that we see during pregnancy. Uh, They can be very different, very scary, but most of them are also very common. Thank you. Thank you so much. That concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.